Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this great opportunity to read and deliberate and ponder over your holy precious word. Thank you for this treasure that you have given us, which will shape us into the image of your son Jesus Christ. So when he said, when the son of man comes, will he find faith in the world? May he find faith in us. Thank you in Jesus name. Amen. We thank the Lord. We are going to start another series. Uh, Bishop has a book called The Art of Leadership and out of that there's other smaller books called Wisdom for Leaders. Amen. So the title for tonight is Wisdom for Leaders. Seven distractions a Christian should avoid. So the main title is Wisdom for Leaders, but the subtitle is Seven Distractions a Christian Should Avoid. Hallelujah. Amen. Now life is full of opportunities to be distracted. And you will discover that um, the ability to avoid distraction, I think, is linked to maturity. Amen. The more easily you get distracted, well, I should put it this way, the younger you are, the more easily you get distracted. Children cannot sit at one spot. You can be doing something with them. They will see something that's flying by and they will just run after it. Amen. And that is why um, nursery, kindergarten teachers, it takes a special gift to be able to get the child to focus. <laughs> Amen. That's why there's, there's a saying that somebody says, you think I don't have patience, I have more patience than a first grade teacher. Amen. Because, because um, they are used to, you know, I remember, I think I was at a bus stop somewhere and somebody's child was trying to get off, run around, fiddling with, thi- with things. And they were almost, you know, in the frustration of trying to control the child. The child was not listening. They were, they were almost about to beat the child. And there was an old man at the bus stop. And he turned and told the parent that, you know, don't beat the child. Because this is the stage that they are learning. And in this learning, they are going to do a lot of foolish things. But allow them. <laughs> allow them. Amen. So children can easily get distracted. So, you know, in terms of the developmental stages of human growth, but spiritually, 
in terms of being able to fix your mind on a goal and pursue it and not be driven by this or that or this or that that is also a measure of spiritual maturity so to the extent that we do not get moved by any flying thing that comes along as a church or as Christians that we set a goal and we are able to stick to the goal and I'm speaking now about spiritual goals but it is true about every you see what is true often physical is also true spiritual in many respects that is why the apostle in 1 Corinthians 15 says that um, the natural first and then the, phys- uh, the, the natural first and then the spiritual and often Jesus would use parables to, us, to talk to the people because many inferences, many truths can, uh, can be inferred from what is happening in the physical realm. Hallelujah. That's why in Romans chapter 1, the apostle in his indictment of modern civilization, he said that in their wisdom they have neglected God. But he said, he said that they don't have an excuse because the invisible attributes of God are all visible through the natural visible things that we see hallelujah and so what i'm saying is that even as we are we know how children get distracted you know now we are trying to bring this mindset into how do we as christians avoid distractions amen um one of the things bishop mentioned elsewhere i probably in the in the in the good general book he mentioned that the success of a military campaign one of the main elements of success is choosing the main goal right what terminology did he use objective choosing the objective and maintaining it hallelujah first of all you have to choose the right objective and then be able to maintain the objective because in pursuing the objective in in trying to do the objective you are going to come with obstacles and you're also going to come with alternatives Two things that will distract you are obstacles and what? Alternatives. And often the alternatives don't show up until you see obstacles. Because as in the pursuit of the objective, you, you see, you see uh, 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 come across difficulties. Then you begin to think, what else can I do? Amen. Like one pastor asked his wife. He looked to the left and he looked to the right. He said, look, this church who at all can we leave this church to and run away off to Canada? <laughs> so that one pastor asked his wife that. Real, like, like, <laughs> who can we leave the church? Because when David, when David was sent over to what do you call it, um, to go and look at how his br- brothers are doing in the war against Goliath, you know, and when he, he came there, his brother Eliab saw him. Eliab, the tall, kingly-looking guy who got rejected. <laughs> Amen. He said, "You foolish boy." Who have you left this few sheep with? And that you have come here. I'm sure you came here purposely to come and watch the war. Amen. So that principle of leaving the few sheep with somebody is very important. Hallelujah. But that is, that is I mean, I don't know what was in Canada, this pastor and his wife, but there was an attraction. Something was attracting him there. Amen. <laughs> so um, one of the things... You know, destruction started in Eden. Bottom line, right? Because everything was nice and pretty. Adam had no issue with his wife. Eve had no issue with Adam. Neither of the two had an issue with God. They didn't have an issue with the garden until Satan showed up. 
When Satan showed up, he pointed something else to them that they have not evidently noticed that you could be something higher than where you are. Amen. And so right from that time, you know, there is always going to be different things that are presented to you. And when the first Adam missed it, now God has a second, what do you call it? Uh, Bishop has to say the last carol. Amen. In, in a, sometimes in a game, you have one last chance. And so when Jesus Christ showed up, you know, if Jesus, I don't know, God forbid, like when Satan, you know, inquired of Jesus, if you, if you are the son of God, and the three temptations, the last one was, bow to me, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. What that would have meant was that he has, he has now succumbed to Satan's rule. Amen. Amen. Now God will now have to find another Virgin Mary, another generation or whatever. But you see, distractions, Jesus had to avoid distractions in order to maintain his mission. The objective for coming here was introduce the kingdom of God because man had been blinded to another life that we could have. Hallelujah. And he, 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 he says that he's the son that was in the bosom of the father. So he came to tell us about the father. But one of the things that his mission had to culminate, be finalized and capstoned by his passion, his death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah. And so here is Jesus. He's uh, in, uh, what do you call it, uh, Samaria, right? And, and, and he meets a woman. And, 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 and this woman receives, you know, his counsel and, and believes in him. And she runs to the town and tells the people that here is the one that, here is the Messiah. I've actually spoken to him. And there is a major revival. Hallelujah. But Jesus doesn't live in Samaria. And, you know, he doesn't stay there forever. He, he decides to move on because he didn't come there only to stay in Samaria. He had to maintain his mission. Amen. One day, Peter and others, after, after Jesus has done a lot of healing, preaching, and teaching, he went into the um, early morning. He stole himself away from the people. He wanted to pray. He wanted to get replenished and, and, and get refreshed and get new vision from the Father. Because he said in John that the Son can do nothing except what he sees his Father do. And so he was always checking in with the Father. Hallelujah. And so in the morning when he came, Peter said, where have you been? Everybody is looking for you. Everybody is looking for you. Jesus said, let us go over onto the other side. For we need to preach to the other villages. These people are willing to make him build a house for him. They are willing to buy him a car. They are willing to, you know, uh, uh, um, give, 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 let his life be comfortable. But he rather set himself to go somewhere else. Hallelujah. You know, um, the temptation for Jesus not to finish his mission was very high. Make no mistake. Don't ever think that because he was the son of God, he was not tempted. In fact, the book of Hebrews said that he was tempted in all ways as we are. Hallelujah. So if he was not tempted fully like any human being is tempted. Any brother, Ojashua's brother is tempted. Then then he wasn't fully human. You know, there are some of these uh, early day, 100 AD, 100 and something AD, um, heresies, Gnostic teachings that said that you know jesus was not fully human you know because they had the notion that the flesh is evil so how can god be in the in the, in the flesh so they thought that he his pain that he suffered was not real my friend that pain was real amen what was he pleading with the father in the garden are you there and so when we are talking about the temptations of jesus and the distractions that would have 
that could have set him off of his mission is as real as it is to you and I today. Amen. I mean, you can have, you can have a, what do you call it, a, a very vivacious spiritual brother who everybody looks up to because of the because of the aura of God. But if you don't stay focused, you can easily be distracted by women. Amen. And don't think that you are don't think that you are uh, first of all some people think that if you are after you are married there's you are not tempted no one guy he told his pastor he said pastor ow, ow, ow. if only i had waited for two more weeks <laughs> because he said as soon as after i got married i get i kept seeing more beautiful girls <laughs> but thank god the pastor kept it on the quiet he didn't tell the wife because that would be the end of the marriage amen amen look Jesus had all these people following him. Serving Joanna, Salome, and all these other people. Mary Madeline and Mary, the sister of Martha. In fact, there is a book that I saw. I've forgotten the title, but supposedly it is recordings of the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees who went to Nazareth to investigate. You know how, how um, Eyewitness News you know, eyewitness news. And and uh, and uh, um, some of the magazine programs like NBC, sometimes they do an investigative report. They go to it. So, so evidently, I don't know what, I mean, of course, it's not scripture, but they sent people to go to Nazareth to interview people who grew up with Jesus. Do you get it? To ask about his character, about his background. And they, they, some of them were saying that, you know, the guy... As a, as a youth, his parents began to be worried because he didn't seem interested in girls. He liked friend, befriending them, but he was not easily lured. Amen. And, and so, the other account, they want to interview Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. You know, the ones that lived in Bethany. And, and Lazarus described to, to these reporters how he was so upset, how Jesus had broken his sister's heart. <laughs> It's a book. I'll find a title and tell you one day. Like, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be written in Aramaic, translated into Latin and into English, and the book is around. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. People and, and so and, and 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 the whole thing is that the whole thing is that uh, the point I'm making is that the the possibilities for Jesus were endless. Now, now sexual temptation is one thing, of course, as you can tell. Dif- different people have different things that move them. Amen. I mean, there are some guys, there are some guys, you know, you, you can put a beautiful girl before them, they are not moved. Do you get it? But others, it's, their temptation is, is, is like anything that is well on a skirt. They are, and, and don't make no mistake, these people love God too. They love God too. Do you get it? They, I mean, I mean when, you, when you look at, when you look at their background, sometimes when some of these people fall, it's so hard breaking because you know them that these people really genuinely loved God but it's a weakness it's a weakness they didn't they didn't overcome and everybody you must look what are the things that likely to derail you from your course amen one day one pastor a good friend of mine he asked me a a, a question (laughs) he said is there anybody in the church that when you are with them 
when you're with, with, with a lady, if, when you're with, 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 with her, you feel a little differently. <laughs> then I said, my friend, are you experiencing, are you experiencing something like that? Do you need counseling? Do you need counseling? Amen. Are you with me? You may not know what people are going through. And don't, don't make the mistake that there's a height of spirituality where you reach, where you will not be tempted. No, 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 no. If angels could be tempted by women, if you look at Genesis 5. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, I, mean, I don't know where this actually no in my nose, but I seem to be going there. But you see, all your, all your spiritual, all your spirituality, your efforts, your achievements, it can be reduced to zero. If one little instant, and especially in this today's world, in this current world of uh, what do you call it? You know, you have to be very careful. You may not intend, but be very, very careful how you, how uh, 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 I mean, uh, and so and so the 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 um, sexual thing is a different thing. But I mean, I personally don't think that was Jesus's the thing that was the highest temptation for him. But it was still there. There was blood flowing through his veins. Amen. But one of the things that can distract a person who is successful is that. People can change your goal or your main goal. So, for instance, where people said, you know, uh, Hosanna, Hosanna, when, when you are successful, people want to prescribe to you what you should do. Hallelujah. And so they could easily have made Jesus change his focus and maybe become a secular administrator or set up something because everything he was touching was go turning into gold. Amen. And he said that he told one, he told one lady who needed um, by the way, let's look at Luke chapter 9 because in order for it to be a legal church meeting, we have to read the Bible. Amen. Amen. And so, and so um, Luke chapter 9, I think we will start from verse 51. And so Jesus the, the one of the main temptations, one time he was speaking to a, a, a woman who, who was not from Israel. And he said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. You may find that discriminatory, but God does his things in a modular, stage-by-stage -stage fashion. Hallelujah. And so, God sent Jesus to Israel. And out of Israel will emerge the people who will follow Jesus and then they will evangelize the world. That is why in John chapter 12, when um, Philip was approached by some Greeks, and they came to Jesus, they came to Philip that we wish to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I heard some one commentator say that Philip is an, a Greek, a Greek name. It's a, a name that is not Hebrew, it's Greek. And so perhaps the Greeks saw among the disciples of Jesus, he was the one that seemed like one of them. Hallelujah. Not that Philip was Greek, but the name originated from Greeks. Amen. And so and so they, they, they met with uh, Philip. That we, they said that we wish to see Jesus. And then Philip and Andrew both want to talk to Jesus that this Greeks will have to see you. But the answer Jesus gave seemed totally unrelated. Jesus said that the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Then he mentioned, he went on to say that unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. He was saying that, yes, I am interested in Greeks. Make no mistake, I am interested in Greeks. But before the grace will come and know me, I have to go to the cross and die. Hallelujah. And so look at this scripture. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. Look at it. Look at the language. 
he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus going to Jerusalem to be crucified was not the first time he went to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. From, he went from, his headquarters was in Capernaum, which is in Galilee. But he was traversing Capernaum north and south. It's like Akron, Cleveland area to Columbus back and forth. Amen. Amen. So finally, when it was time, is that when it was what? Go back to 51. Yeah. When it was time that he should be received up. Okay. That is go back to heaven. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Everything that he was doing, he stopped. Hallelujah. Because it's what? The setting of the objective and the maintenance of the objective. The, the final culmination or capstone, like in a, in a school course, sometimes there's a capstone project. You can make all the A's, but if you don't do the capstone project, you will fail the class. Jesus' Jesus's capstone project was that he must go to Jerusalem and die. And that was something he was not going to be distracted from. Amen. Amen. Next verse. And send messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. Okay. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. So maybe the Samaritans felt that, look, we are looking for a pastor who actually will come and stay here permanently. You seem to be heading towards, look at the language that was used in the, he says that, they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. So it looks like the Samaritans didn't want to welcome him fully because it seemed like they knew he, he was intending not to stay with them. He was just passing through. Are you following? Okay, next verse. We are going, I believe, to 56. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did. Hallelujah. So, you see, when you read the Bible, it doesn't mean everything somebody does, you should also do it. Elijah called fire from heaven. So, John and James are asking Jesus, should we call down fire from heaven? John, the apostle of love, he was originally called the son of Boanerges, sons of what? Thunder. Amen. And my Jesus, how did Jesus answer? He turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit ye are of. Amen. Now look at it. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Hallelujah. But I wanted to look at what we saw in verse 51. That Jesus has set his heart steadfastly to go to Jerusalem. It means that he didn't want to flinch on the goal he has set for himself. Amen. Amen. Seven distractions a minister should have well. Let's read this passage. First Kings chapter 13. It's one of the saddest passages ever in the Bible. And I read it here before, but we have to read it over and over again just to remember that we ought not to be distracted from our purpose. Because when you get distracted, the end result is no good. First Kings chapter 13. We are going to start from verse number 1. The first point, the first point, the seven distractions, the first point is that avoid the distractions that come from people who have not heard from God the way you have. Amen. That's why we are going to read this passage. So, write this point down. 
Seven distractions a Christian should avoid. Number one, avoid the distractions that come from people who have not heard from God the way you have. All right. This is a long passage, but we most likely will not finish, but let's go through it. First Kings 13. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah. By the word of the Lord unto Bethel. The word of the Lord. So, in other words, God himself called him to come from Judah into Bethel. All right? And Jeroboam, go back. Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. So Jeroboam was in Bethel, an altar in Bethel, and Jeroboam was bearing, um, about to burn incense. Okay, and so it looks like the man of God has been sent to, with, to bring a message. Okay, next verse. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord. So this man of God, who has been sent from Judah, he saw Jeroboam at the altar about to burn incense, and he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, All altar, altar, that says the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. And upon thee, that is upon you, altar, shall, be, shall he offer the priest of the high places that burn incense upon thee. And man's bones shall be burnt upon thee. Keep in mind that the people were in idolatry. They had, they had found alternatives to Jehovah. Just like in the days of Moses, when you know it appeared Moses was keeping long and they made a golden calf. This whole thing was repeated. And so, in these times, these people had neglected and abandoned the God of Israel who redeemed them. Hallelujah. And Jeroboam, the monarch, is offering incense on an altar that is not... First of all, Jeroboam was not even a priest. Amen. And he's doing his own thing. So that prophecy is a prophecy about a time coming in the future where somebody will be born a descendant of David and he will cause this thing to cease and destroy the priest and this evil sacrifice. Hallelujah. Okay. So... Next verse. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. Which verse is that? Verse 4. All right. Okay, so now we are moving to 4. Is that right? Okay. Wonderful. So it came to pass when the king Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, arrest him. (laughs) You you are not afraid. (laughs) Arrest him. Then his hand which he stretched out toward him withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. So there's an immediate judgment and demonstration that this man of God is really sent from God. Do you get it? Demonstrations of power. Like somebody met uh, 
a church member at African market and ask them, your, your pastor, is he powerful? <laughs> People are looking for power. And here is power demonstration that the man, the hand that he's using to stretch, to arrest the man, the man, the, the hand is withered. Okay? So now what does he do? Then the king answered and said to the man of God, please, entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord. You see, the man of God is also working in humility. I mean, there are certain men of God. You you, you are trying to oppose me. Look at what has happened to you. I, I, it's not only your hand which will wither. I am going to pray for the rest of your body to wither. But we are children of God. We are supposed to have mercy, compassion. That, see, that's why God doesn't give his power to everybody. Because some people, when they get the power, when they get small posts, you can see what they will do. So he prayed for him. Amen. And then the scripture says what? It was restored to the way it was before. Hallelujah. Then the king said to the man of God, Come, come home with me and refresh yourself and I'll give you a reward. See, these politi politicians, they think everything can be bought by money. Hmm. Then the man of God said, watch this, listen to this very carefully. The man of God said to the king, if you were to give me half your house, I will not go in with you, nor would I eat bread nor drink water in this place. Look at it. For so it was commanded, commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread, nor drink water, nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. So, so, so look at it very carefully. This man of God from Judah has been sent on a mission to bring a message to the king Jeroboam. A message of warning. And as he's giving the message, the king wants him arrested. The Lord immediately demonstrates a power to make the king see that this guy is my guy. And now, after he prays for him and he's healed, the king said, you know what, I see you guy, you are a very special guy. I want to give you special favor. Come home and dine with me. And then I'll give you, I mean, a, a big reward. Then he tells him that, look, regardless of the price that is on it. So, so far, he's maintaining his objective. His objective is obey the word he has heard from God. Not to be distracted by kingly uh, assurances and, and, and nice things and invitations. Amen. Amen. You've gone to visit that Christian sister. You finish sharing the you finish sharing the Bible. You you are done with the brother Rasmus. You are done with the uh, 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 the scriptural exegesis. You have done you are done with that. You've given the application and the windows and applied and and explained everything. Okay, and then and then you've advised about other matters that are at hand because sometimes other matters also come up. Do you get it? So you finish your job. The thunder is beginning to sound. There is no point to say, I am waiting for the rain to finish. No. Just stay your course. Stay your course. Don't be distracted. This all, I mean, oh, oh, brother Erasmus. Brother Erasmus, we were just, we were just about to cook to love. Yeah, I mean, some, some, something, okay. Get the juice. Ask for the juice. Drink it. Because if you are thirsty, you can see clearly. So, so drink the juice. But the moment they mention Jollof and they are now going to, what do you call it? Defreeze. Defreeze. The, 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 you must know that it's going to take a long time. 
So that is the time you must vamoose. Carry yourself away. Do you get it? Oh, somebody has gone to the market. They are coming. No, 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 no. You must advise yourself. You see, to have a resolute mind, you will look weird to people. People will find you as a little bit some, some way. But if you have a goal and an objective and a purpose in life, you often work alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You often work alone. You will not find yourself doing everything everybody is doing. Amen. This brother did well up to this point. Do you get it? And in fact, the, the instruction was not only not to eat there. He was also told even to go a different, a different way. Hallelujah. And that's what he did. So he went another way and did not return by that way by which he came to Bethel. Now an old prophet dwelt in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, which way did he go? So this sons of the old prophet, I don't know whether they were servants in the king's house or whether they happened to be there. They witnessed everything. And so came to report that, look, daddy, you think you are a man of God. You think you are blessed and anointed. We have seen wonders today. We have seen somebody, a young guy in his early 20s, full of anointing and faith and power and Holy Spirit. And we want to tell you, father, we believe in you, but we want to tell you, this man is a Messiah. But you see, there's just one little problem. He said that he can't see anybody. He can't talk to anybody. And so he left. So the man of God, the old man of God, what did he say? Where did he go? For his son had seen which way the man of God went. Who came from Judah? It looks like they were following him. Then he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he rode on it. This is the old man of God. The old prophet took a donkey to go and chase after him and went after the man of God and found him sitting under what an oak then he said to him are you the man of God who came from Judah and he said I am was he not supposed not to talk to anybody uh, it was one of the list of things he said he's not supposed to talk to anyone I don't know whether we can go back when he was when he was answering the king you shall not eat bread nor drink Water nor return the same way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just the three. But I mean, if you talk to somebody, there's a temptation, something bad will happen to you. <laughs> All right. Which verse did we reach? Verse 14. All right. It's a very sad, 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 sad. All right, let me just read for me. Okay. He said, I am. Okay, 15. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. Okay. And he said, I cannot return with you. So, so far, he's maintaining the objective. I cannot return with you, nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread. Oh, no, no. We, haven't, we are not finished. Neither can I eat bread, nor drink water with you in this place. Okay, continue. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread, nor drink water there, nor return by going the way you came. So he repeats to the person exactly what the Lord said. Okay? Listen to this. He said to him, I too am a prophet. 
as you are. Okay? And an angel, you see, at that point, at that point, because it's like Eve talking to the devil. When the devil began to cast doubt into the original word she had heard from God, that you will not really die. The moment she heard that she must smell something bad, because the question is, do you trust a stranger who has just appeared? Or do you trust the one who called you and sent you? She decided to listen to the stranger, the devil. And this is what this, the mistake this man is making. He said that, I too am a prophet and as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord. Saying, bring him back with you to your house. That he may eat bread and drink water. Look at the, look at the, look at the parenthesis. He was lying to him. Okay. So he went back with him. This is a, one of the saddest verses in the Bible. He went, look at it, verse 19. He went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. The very thing he was forbidden not to do. Okay, don't change it yet. Why do you think he went with him? He said he too is a prophet. An angel has spoken to him. He's also a man of God. So, so, so what I'm talking about is like you have alternatives to the original objective. Which will come your way to try and distract you. And if you decide to maintain, uh, be, 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 you should have a, a strong, obstinate forehead. That will not be moved by anything anyone is saying. And you will be seen as, you, people will call you names. I'm talking about the things that will make you a solid Christian to the end. Do you get it? First of all, this guy has read Bishop's book, Loyalty and Disloyalty. He has read Bishop's book, uh, Bishop's teachings in Lighthouse Chapel about respecting your elders. Do you understand? He has read about, give honor to the older one. Bishop said we should even criticize older churches like Methodist and Catholic. So, respecting your elders. But then Bishop also has taught us that your loyalty must be who? To the highest authority. Amen. So, you must respect your elders, but your highest authority is God. If somebody is saying something contrary to what God has said, no matter how much gray hair he has, that's the first bishop last to quote. He said that, rise up before the gray-headed. Do you get it? I am the Lord. So, the same God who said we should respect the, the gray-headed, he also says that the sins of the, 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 the sins of the Father, is, there's somewhere in Ezekiel, he said the sins of the Father will not be visited. He said he that, the, sin, the soul that sinned, it shall die. Hallelujah. And so, so he went and ate uh, bread and drank water. Verse 20. Now it happened. Look at it. As they sat at the table, that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. The word of the Lord is coming to the old prophet. The old prophet who lied to the young prophet. Now he is receiving a prophetic revelation from Almighty God. Don't ask me why God is speak, will speak through a liar. When you go to heaven, ask, answer, answer God. But now... The word of the Lord came to him, that old prophet. Next verse. And he cried out. Brother Francis, this is the most annoying verse in the Bible. He cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, That says the Lord. Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you. It's the spirit that's come upon him and he's prophesying. Okay? But you came back and ate bread. And drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. So it was. After he had eaten bread and after he had drank, that he saddled the donkey for him. 
the prophet whom he had brought back when he was gone a lion met him on the road and killed him and his corpse was thrown on the road and the donkey stood by it the lion also stood by go back to the previous verse what do you see strange about this verse this scenario what we are seeing the man has been killed by a lion and then it says what the corpse was thrown on the road and what has happened next the donkey is standing by that's not strange the donkey is loyal to it okay where's the next one the lion no please take your time we are explaining the verse the lion is standing by the corpse is that normal if the lion is killing a human being he's killing for what to eat this lion has killed this man and they're just standing there watching even spare the donkey exactly two things that are unusual hallelujah that tells you what is happening is an oracle that is in place it's not that this lion was hungry this lion has already killed a hyena in the next park and ate it the lion was not hungry that's why it came here it was sent on assignment to look for this man of god who disobeyed his word who got distracted by another voice this lion didn't eat because it was not hungry yeah already full it was his job was just to come and accomplish something on assignment to execute a judgment amen continue and there men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse then they went and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt hallelujah they want to tell it in the city okay go next verse Now, when the prophet who had brought him back from the way had it, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient. Look at what he's saying. It is the man of God who was disobedient to what? The word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has delivered him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. Sister Sophia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look. <laughs> 27. And he spoke to his son, saying, Saddle the donkey to me. Second saddling of donkey. So they saddled it. Hmm. And then he went and found his corpse thrown on the road, and the donkey and the lion standing by the corpse. The lion had not eaten the corpse, nor torn the donkey. I mean, I, I mean, for, for justice, brother, brother, MS Eugene, for justice sake, I wish the lion would have pounced on the, on, on the old, old. But, 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 the Lord didn't want to have it this way. Amen. Because the lion was still standing there. Why was the lion standing there? Lion and donkey are both standing there. Until this old prophet and his sons came to see the man there and the lion was still standing there. And the lion just staring at their face. And they too, I mean, it's, 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 it's the scripture saying there's a lot in it. Look at it. Next verse. Okay, then. Oh, okay. Sorry. Maybe I jumped 28. Did we read 28? okay we read it okay next one 29 and the prophet took up the corpse of the man of god laid it on the donkey at least he did one on thing, you know and brought it back so the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him then he laid the corpse in his own tomb and they mourned over him saying alas my brother <laughs> So it was after he had buried him that he spoke to his son, saying, When I am dead, 
then bury me in the tomb where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. I think he regretted. He regretted. <laughs> Lay my bones beside his bones. Hallelujah. For the saying which he cried out by the word of the Lord against the altar and Bethel and against all the shrines on the high places which are in the cities of Samaria will surely come to pass. Amen. Is that the last verse? Okay. After this, even Jeroboam did not turn from his way. Okay. Um, so everything that he prophesied came to pass. But the bottom line is that he ended up losing his life because after obeying the Lord up to a point, he let another voice change him and distract him from his course. So seven distractions a Christian should avoid. Avoid the distractions that come from people who have not heard from God the way you have. Put your hands together onto the Lord. Rise up to your feet. And let us let us um, bring the Lord an offering even as we ask for his help. Father Lord, we look to you and we ask you to help us to remain steadfast on the call and the things that you have called us on. And we give to you our offerings from the bottom of our heart in honor of your word and to promote the preaching of righteousness. We pray that you bless this and multiply it in the name of Jesus. Amen.